Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bow and Sheila in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early birds gets the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and party are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm gonna get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's gonna make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice. Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. Welcome on into what was supposed to be Birds with Friends Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Jack Bowen. They show up? They're not here yet? Oh my god. Can you go check in the hallway again? They've they- welched? Listen, I am done with these two. And anyway, you know, the people... Oh, 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 oh look who showed up. So this is where the big boys play, huh? That's right, Mr. You've been Wolf. ducking us for weeks, Julio. Ducking Th- you? You've been on a Nick Foles bender, not showing up. We show up here every Wednesday. They don't let you in. They don't let us in the building. We go home. We're back, baby. You know what the people said? I, I have to say this, and welcome, welcome, guys. The people, we put a poll out last night that should we invite you guys back because... We haven't been able to. Not that I was done with you. We hadn't been able to have a, a Birds with Friends radio in three or four weeks since before they went to L.A. for the Rams game. So, you know, the Karma, they haven't lost since we did this. It was all your fault. Well, yeah, yeah, they did you guys, win that game. We, we did do the show before they won that game. That's that true. Counts. 64% of people said no. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't blame I, them I voted no. Yeah, I was one of those. <laughs> so she didn't even want to come in tonight. Anyway, guys, welcome back. Welcome in. I have to, before we get into our conversation, I have to say this. So was last, last week I was listening your podcast. I was mm. listening to Birds with Friends. And I thought maybe, you know, I said to you guys in like early December, the Eagles kind of remind me of the Falcons last year. Tough start to the season. They're going to get it together. They'll make the playoffs, win a game, go to the number one seed. I thought, you know what? They're going to talk about that on the podcast this week. You Eagles, gave us way too much credit. I thought you'd remember. In fact, instead, you guys are saying that I didn't want you on the show anymore. <laughs> it was very obvious to us that what was going on. You Slander. Know, Giulio's star is rising. He forgets about the little people. Listen. The only thing that's rising around here is the fever of this city for Nick Foles because he continues to win. All right, let's get into it. We'll start with our three questions, guys. And 888-729-9494, you guys want to hop in. Birds with Friends Radio, Shield Kapati, Bo Wolf of The Athletic here uh, joining me for the next hour. So we've talked a lot this week about the Saints game and what happened last time they were in New Orleans, which feels like, feels like three years ago. I know it, really it wasn't does, that yeah. long ago. But, guys... Nick Foles is the obvious thing that we've talked about a lot recently. But what's the biggest difference in your eyes between the Eagles that went to New Orleans Shield and lost 48-7 to in mid-November and the team that is going back this Sunday? There really are a lot of options here, and you're so right. Sean Payton was talking about that today when he had the call with us. I mean, these are two very different teams from the teams that squared off there in New Orleans. But I'm going to start with the football nerdy one, but the one that I think is legit, and that's the Eagles offensive line. I think that has been at the core of this turnaround. You know, Jason Kelsey got injured in that game. If you remember, he's been playing at a very high level since then. Lane Johnson was not playing as well earlier in the season. He's shutting people down left and right. Jason Peters, I mean, he's probably as healthy as he's been at any point. Say Amalu has more experience now, and of course, Brandon Brooks has been consistent, but if you look at this run they've been on, and I've mentioned this stat very often in the last 48 hours, but J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, those, I mean, three of the elite defensive players 
in the NFL combined for zero sacks and three quarterback hits against this offensive line. So uh, the Saints defense has been playing well. There's no doubt about it. They've got guys like Cam Jordan who can get after the quarterback. But I think if you're going to have a shot to win this game, uh, your offensive line has to continue to play the way it's been played. She'll got like thousands of retweets for that stat. That was a pretty it, good one, yeah. That on, Doesn't on put any money in Sunday my pocket. Evening. Right? <laughs> well, maybe no it gets big people deal to, to subscribe. Yeah, come yeah. On. No big deal to you. Just another Monday, Sunday. That's fair. Uh, I think that's a good answer. Uh, it's, it's hard to argue with that, and I think w- what goes in, uh, in hand with that is that whether it is Nick Foles or not, the, the offense is getting rid of the ball faster, in part because uh, the offensive line has been so good. On the defensive side of the ball, it's obvious to say that the, the personnel is much better in the secondary, and certainly they are much better. But I actually think uh, one of the things that, that is really different is, is the run defense. Um, I think through the first 11 games, so through that Saints game, they were giving up about five yards a carry. Now it's since then down to about four yards per carry. At that point, they had given up 11 runs of over 20 yards. Since then, if you di- the Adrian Peterson 90-yarder is the only run over 21 yards that they've given up. Wow. And I think just as a defense, we can sort of see that they are tackling much better. They are rallying to the ball a little bit better. Uh, even if it's not on a one-on-one tackling basis, it's that if the guy misses a tackle, the defense, the rest of the defense is there. And so I just think they are, uh, in general, defensively playing so much more soundly than they were at that point in the season. Well, there's no question that they're a better defense now. And, and look, that... The fact that they are, guys, is a testament, I think, to Jim Schwartz, who Jim Schwartz got a lot of flack. And he always gets flack around here for the, what he doesn't do, right? The way he doesn't call a defense, his, his uh, non-blitzing, and the fact that he just kind of plays the front four and lets them rush. But what you just said, Bo, I can't not look at him. They have so many players that have come onto this team. Like He said yesterday he didn't know who Cravion LeBlanc was before he got to, basically before he got to the Eagles, and now he's playing a big role. Like that, that's coaching. Well, if I can take a whiff, and you know, as somebody who never forgets, low, low those weeks ago on a flock trial when somebody was defending Jim Schwartz and the, uh, the court decided against him, it was a miscarriage of justice. The guy has proven uh, time and time again that, that he can do uh, as good a job as, as most defensive coordinators in the league, no matter uh, what the personnel is like. And so I think you're right. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see what he does against this Drew Brees offense. The first game was the highest percentage uh, that he has blitzed all season long. It was a little bit over 30%. Now he uh, takes a little bit of issue with that in terms of what's characterized as a blitz, but he did blitz more than most teams do against Drew Brees. My expectation is that he will, he will you know, probably go the opposite way again this week as he did against Chicago when he didn't blitz at all until the final drive. Let me throw this one in there for, for something that's different uh, since the New Orleans game. Doug Peterson and the kind of just the pulse of the team he has again. Like he... I criticized him earlier in the year, not for play calling, but more for I never felt like he had the pulse of the team this season like he did last year. Just every note he hit last year worked. And after the Saints game, I mean, that, the season could have went in a bunch of different ways, Shield. And whatever he did and was said, they rallied. And, and they've all kind of said the last couple weeks that they never stopped believing in Doug again. Yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. And really after that game, I asked every assistant coach, on staff about Doug's demeanor. And I said, you know, what gives you faith that you're going to turn this around? What's he like on a Monday after a loss like that? And the message was, it was crazy. Everyone said the same thing, that it's the same thing. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. It's a great person to work for because you know who's walking in the building every day. And, yeah, I mean, we were crushing Doug Peterson. And to be fair, he deserved to be crushed after a lot of those games earlier in the season. But I think we've learned a lot about him during this stretch where you go through adversity and things are not 
going the way you want them to go, you're right. You know, I thought there was a point in that season where it really could have gone into a downward spiral. And I think not only the coaches, but also the leaders on the team, they kind of kept it together and put together a turnaround that no one saw coming. Now this team is two wins away from Atlanta. And that Saints game, I think it's a good answer from you, Joe, because remember that Saints game, Doug was nervous. You know, he was coaching scared in that game. The first drive of the game, they've got a fourth in inches. You know, it is at their own, you know, 20, whatever it was, but fourth and inches, you can go for that. And I remember asking Doug the next day, uh, of all the things that you could have done yesterday, what what uh, decision do you wish you could have back? And he said he wished he had gone for that on that, that first uh, fourth down of the drive or of the of the game. Maybe it was you. Maybe you unlocked last year's Doug Peterson. Let's hope. You, know, you brought let's, him back. Let's bring that fearlessness back, you know? Uh, and there were other decisions in that game when he could have gone for it on fourth down. You know, I would I would expect that. Uh, he will remember that on Sunday, and he will he will be coaching a, with a little bit uh, less fear. I'm I'm curious to see if that's the case. I'm not fully convinced that that aspect of his coaching has turned around. That's when he first busted out, flipped a field, which drove me nuts. Yeah, yeah I remember you were upset about that that Don't week. Flipped the field. Yeah, I mean it. It wasn't just that play. They had you know fourth and four from yeah. Saints territory. Right. They're You're already going down. against this juggernaut. Yeah. Your defensive backs are completely banged up, and you like you said, it felt like he didn't have a pulse. Of the team right there. I really hope that he goes into this game saying, let's score every time we get it. Let's go for it on fourth downs. Nothing to lose seems to be uh, the mantra going around the players. Hopefully, Doug adopts that as well. All right, let's hit our second question here. And our, our three big questions to start off birds with friends this week. Who changed your mind the most about them since that last Orleans game? We'll keep that as kind of our theme here. Bo, we'll start with you. Who changed the, about any player on this team or any person around this team Who's, who have you changed your mind about the most since New Orleans? This is a tough one, and uh, I'm actually surprised at my answer, but I think the answer is, for me is Rasul Douglas. Um, I think at that point he was probably a guy who you were thinking, you know, maybe, maybe he's going to make the team next year, maybe not. Um, and now the way that he has tackled and the way that he has made plays on the ball, you know, there's, there's a chance that he will be uh, in position to be a starter next season. And, you know, we did a little exercise on our podcast last night about if you had all the guys in the secondary healthy, what would be your starting nickel defense? What would you go with right now? Uh, and I think I would go with Rasul Douglas on the outside, and I would actually pair him with Jalen Mills, which may not be a popular decision. And, and Avante Maddox, Avante in, Maddox the in the slot and Rodney McLeod, obviously, at safety, because I think they give you the, the best tackling. Um, and, you know, any of these guys is going to give up plays down the field. But Rasul Douglas, I think, has, has really bounced back from a tough stretch in the middle of the season, and right now I think he's a, an interesting player moving forward and a guy who they can count on right now. He is. He's, I was wrong about him. The first Dallas game, which was the week before the Saints game, he was. I thought he looked awful in that game. Mm. Cooper beat him deep. He yeah. missed tackles, and yeah. he's improved a lot. Shield, who's yours? Yeah, that might have been the worst game by an Eagles cornerback all year. So it, it does go back to what you were saying right. about the coaching, though. You know, for him to bounce back and now be be a guy that you can kind of depend on a little bit. Uh, certainly is relevant. I'm going to go with another cornerback who is now a cornerback, and that's Avante Maddox. And this guy is going to be in the spotlight Sunday very often. But, you know, at that time, he got injured in that game. You weren't sure. He had shown some flashes. You weren't he sure. was a free safety. He right. Was, he yeah. wasn't even playing cornerback at that time. Now, all of a sudden, he's played cornerback. I know he had his issues down the stretch against the Bears. They got him with some double moves. But I just like everything about the way this guy plays. He's competitive. He's smart. He's able to play every secondary position for you. And I think right now he's guaranteed to be a starter in your secondary next season. And I think you have to give him a hard look as a starting cornerback 
uh, going ahead into 2019. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how he bounces back. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, they're going to watch that Bears film. They're going to say, let's throw some slants his way early, see if he's trying to jump on him. If he does, we're going to hit him with a double move a lot earlier than the Bears ended up doing. And, uh, you know, I think he's kind of up for the challenge and he's going to bounce back in a pretty big way. Yeah, I feel good with him on the field, even though he made a couple mistakes That's a good on point. Sunday. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, he, he's been excellent for the team. All right, I'm going to go with a guy that I have to call myself on it because in early October when the Eagles started struggling, I came on here, I did a show saying that why aren't we giving this guy more criticism because he had a poor off season and I didn't think he allocated his resources well on the roster. But I look at the team now and I was wrong about Howie Roseman. Mm. His decision to keep Nick Foles obviously has paid off. We, we did that exercise, and remember we said the, the, the biggest uh, regret was not trading Nick Foles. That's right. Boy, were we wrong. Look, Rasul Douglas was a pick by Howie Roseman. Uh, Trayvon Hester was a guy they picked up off the street. He makes that block, or at least got his finger on the ball on Sunday. And then Darren Sproles, like that was a decision he made to bring back, and they kept him on the team all year. They didn't put him on the IR when I, I think a lot of us were like, hey, was he ever going to come back? Yeah. All these guys are playing roles now. So I, I think Howie did a better job with this roster as it's played out than I thought he did in, like, October. The in-season moves have been just so key to where this Crave team is. LeBlanc. Yeah, Cravon LeBlanc, Trayvon Hester, you mentioned, even a guy like Jordan Matthews. I mean, he drew, what, a 35-yard pass interference in that game. Yeah. He's given you some good snaps, the Golden Tate trade. I, I know yeah. Bo loved that at the time. I don't Listen, know how he feels about it was it worth now. it on Sunday around but 740. No, no, big. no, no, no. <laughs> he came up big in a big spot there in a postseason game. So it's like all these guys who we spend so much time in the summer saying who's going to be on the 53 and we feel like we have the whole season planned out. It doesn't work out that way and it's another good reminder that guys are going to get injured. You're going to have to have these lists. Your scouting department is going to have to look at players on other rosters. How can you upgrade and keep your team afloat when those injuries hit? And, yeah, they've done a fantastic job of that this season. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's hit our third question here because this one, this one came up today, and it's kind of been thought about the last couple of weeks, but no, I don't think anyone's ever really gave it serious thought. But today, Doug Peterson was asked again about his quarterback situation, the injuries, and, he, guys, he didn't rule out the idea that Carson Wentz could be in uniform on Sunday uh, and could be essentially the backup quarterback to Nick Foles. Should the Eagles do that? Bo? To me, this is this comes well. I think part of it comes down to what Carson Wentz says. I mean, uh, if you talk to him, but if he's cleared, this team has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You have to have him active if he is cleared. Uh, I mean, if Nick Foles gets hurt, Carson Wentz is who better to to fill in for him? Um, it's certainly it's certainly dicey and and brings the drama. But oh, it's dicey! <laughs> if he is ready to play, if he is cleared to play, he should be in uniform. What's the reason not to do it? The only reason I can come up with is they don't want the optics of Carson Wentz backing up Nick Foles. Like I mean, right now, he, he's he, not—he's not really because he's not eligible to play. If he's on the in uniform, he's backing up Nick Foles. And if the doctors say that that it, he, it can't get worse, that there is no risk of yep. this getting worse, then he should be in uniform. If there is still the chance that a hit could make this a much worse injury than it already is, then he probably shouldn't be in uniform. Yeah, I mean, he's not practicing right now, so I would be very surprised if on Sunday he were back out there. But if somehow they go down there and they win that game against the Saints, I feel like Monday morning you've got to take a hard look at that and say, we are one win away from getting to the Super Bowl. How is Carson feeling? Is there risk of further damage to that back? And if the answers to those things are no, then you say, let's get him out there practicing. Let's see how he's doing. Because 
Nick Foles has had games where he's been hit, and Nate Sudfeld has had has yes. had to come in. So if you're going into the NFC Championship game in Dallas or in Los Angeles, you want to brace for every different uh, every different thing that can happen in that game. One of them, which is would be Foles getting injured, and Wentz gives you a better chance, obviously, than Nate Sudfeld. It would be fascinating. The optics would be interesting. The questions would be interesting. All those different things, but at some point you have to say who gives us the best chance to get to the Super Bowl, and your best chance is to have, have Wentz as your backup there. So uh, you just set up what I think would be, be complete chaos next week because <laughs> we know Doug has done this a lot this year where he plays coy when he can play coy. So I'm going to set this scenario up. Wentz is ready to practice next week. I Am I crazy to think that Doug could come out on Monday or Tuesday and say he's not saying who his quarterback is, even though we all know it would be Foles in the title game? He's not going to bench Foles. If he gets him to the title game. I don't know. <laughs> you think Who he would? But he would do that all week. Could you imagine an entire week where this town doesn't know where Foles or Wentz is playing in the title game? He had a chance to do that, I think, one time earlier this season, it. and he didn't do it, and he announced the starter early in the week. So, But, you know. Was that the game NFC Wentz championship came back? game. Like week three of the season? Because week one he did this, no, right? I think it, was, it was recent. I think no, it was when Wentz injured his back, right? He announced that. Was that the week? And no, he, you know what it was. It was after it was after the final game of the season. It was you know Foles got hit in the chest. Oh right, he could have played coy. Right, and he said no. Nick Nick is going to start because we didn't know what the what the status of because he had, he left the game and didn't come back. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, you would have to be crazy at that point if Foles is going down and lightning lighting it yeah. up in New Orleans to then pull him. Well, what if they put, win two nothing? Well, yeah, then then you might have a, that would be the most amazing result of probably the last uh, last fifty years. You know, of professional football. I, I thought during the season that we had another chapter to go. I didn't see this chapter coming, but the Wentz coming back chapter. I don't think I'm ready for that. I don't think this town is. Let's grab a phone call here. Uh, let's talk to Michael and King of Prussia. You're on Birds with Friends Radio. What's up, Michael? Hey guys, how you guys doing? Good, man. What's going on tonight? Not much. Listen, I have to. There was the last call. I believe there was female Amanda, and we were. You, know, you guys were talking about uh, Foles staying here. Uh, it's not for the money, and I and I have to agree with her. I believe that first. I want to find out what do you guys think what would make Foles stay here. What could we do to make him stay here? But I also believe money, that money would keep him here. You think it's money? I believe it's more spiritual. I believe being though he wants to become a pastor uh, and and everything like that, I believe it's a little bit more deeper than the money for Foles. I believe his faith will keep him here in Philadelphia because of the fact of his faith and uh, his outgoing uh, relationships with the church and with the younger guys that he is uh, wanting to teach. Yeah, Michael, is it true that there are, there are no churches outside of Philadelphia? Uh, they're only in the area here. That's what I believe. Okay. Michael, have you heard <laughs> the same thing? What do you mean? That there are only ch- churches in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah right. Yeah. I'm out here in King of Prussia, man. We got churches out there. Oh, you got here, churches but... out there? Yeah, they got churches oh, in New course. Jersey where I'm at. <laughs> Plenty of churches. Michael, we appreciate the call. Look. I think they could keep what? Nick Foles here if they want to. I, I, yeah. it's, I don't even think it is. But are you going to hand him the starting job? I mean, that's that would keep him. That's here. all it really would yeah. take. I think. I think he's going to want to be a starter, right? I As mean, he should at this point. Of sure. course, yeah. anyone that's played at this level for this many games now over a couple of years in these moments, like why wouldn't they want to be a starter? Yeah. So it's a combination: money plus starting job versus less money church. and backup and church.
And, and you know, I have to say, finding a new church. The yeah. funny part about Nick not wanting any money or not needing money, and I don't think that's probably the number one driving force for him. But he does get a million dollar million dollars per win in yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's not bad, huh? That's Sheila had the had the uh, the details on that. Sean Payton's, you know, his whole thing. That's peanuts compared to what <laughs> Nick Foles is playing for. You know, Nick's, right. Nick's going to walk in with his own thing of a million dollars on Sunday. That's right. Yeah, every playoff game where he start where he plays thirty three percent of the snaps and the Eagles win. That's a million dollars. So he, he pocketed a million last week. You win the Super Bowl, total of four million. Yeah. Not bad. That's you, a good you have guys like after this after they win the Super Bowl carrying around like a WWE championship belt. After every win, Nick Foles should put on the old million dollar belt. A million dollars every win. The million dollar man, Nick Foles. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Birds with Friends Radio, eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound nine four nine four. Foles Wentz will take your phone calls. And I need to hear from from both Bo and Shield to see how their thoughts on this quarterback situation have evolved here over the past couple weeks. We'll talk Foles and Wentz on Birds with Friends on the other side. Sports Radio 94 WIP. The evening show is the best on WIP. There it is. Welcome back to the evening show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This hour is is Birds with Friends Radio. Bo Wolf, Shield Capati of The Athletic. Joining us in studio. We're hoping not to jinx things. Last time they were here, the Eagles were coming off a loss in Dallas. And who knows? Maybe uh, in a week they're going back to Dallas for the NFC title game. We'll get to some calls here in a second. But we have to talk about Foles Wentz. I mean, we avoided it. The elephant in the room. What is it again? We need your mic thrown on. Jack, how about now? It's the elephant in the room. It is the elephant in the room. I could hear you. I didn't think everyone could. See that diva move by Bo? He looks over at Jack and gave him the shrug. I didn't give him the shrug. What are you, you doing? You, I followed Joe's lead. <laughs> that, we'll put that all on Jack. I had to turn their microphones on. See, so you're getting it. Uh, okay. nice. How about yeah. that? That's pretty good. Back nice. on his good side. Back Puns good side. all over the place. All right, here's this is not a pun. This is a take for you. This is my. I'm going to give you my Nick Foles take right now, and then I want to hear what you guys say. You, I do have to give you credit because you were you, you were the first on the bandwagon. This is the, you must be riding the wave. Listen, I get told I'm wrong most of the time, <laughs> and I don't ever usually fight back and say I was right. All I know is in November when they left. New Orleans. I said the bigger concern right now is Carson Wentz than Doug Peterson. And I didn't know that this was going to happen. I didn't know anything about Carson being injured. But I feel good about that one. And I agreed with you. No, you didn't. You screamed at me for a whole show. Anyway, here's what I, I think about Nick Foles right now. I think that we're at the point where you start to add up what he's done. And his, his thing has been disjointed, right? It was last year for a couple games at the end. The playoffs last year. First two games this year. And now what he's doing now. His sample the last two years is almost now equal to Wentz's first 11 or 12 games of his MVP campaign last year, right? They're just the number of games they played. Their numbers are almost identical. Like, I can't ignore what, what Nick That's Foles is That's not true. Doing. They're not that close. Pretty close. Where They're pretty you? close. The, the, the no, touchdowns well, are like way, the touchdown interception is like way, way, way higher for way Wentz. Way higher right? for Wentz. The completion percentage is way higher for Nick Foles. But the yards per, the adjusted yards per attempt is higher for Wentz. I would imagine so. Uh, the yards per attempt. I didn't I'm going to pull them up I right didn't now. do adjusted. The yards per attempt, 7.6, 7.2, 7. 7.3. It's pretty close. Okay. The quarterback rating is Wentz, but maybe it's 104 to 97. And the record is 10 and 1 when you look at their, their 11 games. It's, it's closer than anyone would think. My point is, I can't ignore what Nick Foles is doing, and I think the Eagles have to be open-minded after the season on how they build their best roster. That, that's that's where I'm sitting right now. So here, give, the, give me and you give me the numbers, and then I yeah. want to hear how you guys have thought about all this. So Nick Foles, sixty-seven point nine completion percentage, twenty touchdowns, nine interceptions. Carson Wentz, sixty-four point seven completion percentage, fifty-four touchdowns. 
14 interceptions. So it's a significant difference in terms of touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, yards per attempt, Foles is 7.2. Wentz is 7.6. And I haven't looked up the, uh, I'll take your word for the record. And that includes the postseason right. last but year. But that includes both Carson this year and last year. Yes. I was yes. just looking at the first That's 11 true. games. Oh, the first, okay. First 11 games Carson played in his MVP kind of campaign last year, whatever okay. you want to call that. All right. Compared to Nick's last 11 games. He's played 11 games now. 10 and 1 record, 10 and 1 record, and the numbers are pretty darn close. Okay. They're better for Wentz, but they're close. That's that's where I'm at. So well, I, I want to know how you guys have evolved your thinking on what's going on here with this whole thing. Well, I would say I had sort of slammed the door completely shut if we had this conversation maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I would say we're not even discussing this. This is ridiculous. Stop it, Julio. It's Yeah, this is, uh, this is nonsense. It's Carson Wentz. And I still strongly, firmly believe that it is going to be Carson Wentz is the better option to lead this franchise. Going forward, however, we have the little door to the studio. If you crack that open a little bit and put one of those wooden things at the bottom there, I'm willing to say that if Nick Foles continues this run, gets them to the Super Bowl, he's, he goes down to New Orleans, maybe wins a shootout, 38-35, has a Super Bowl-level performance. If something like that is to happen, and you go into the offseason and you say, you know what, we still feel like Wentz is the guy, but... Uh, hey, Oakland Raiders, or hey, some other teams, if you want to give us a call and make us a godfather offer, we'll at least listen to that. That's kind of where I If this conversation am. gets out, we will deny it. This, is, this, this conversation never happens. We will but burn your one, practice uh, facility to the ground. A one-time only, oh, okay. give the us a godfather type offer. Of thing, yeah. I think that's right. I think uh, I am in the same place that you know it, I have gone from 100% to, to 99%. Uh, for a lot of reasons that that Carson Wentz is the guy and, and that he will be the guy, but uh, you know it's it, you cannot ignore what Nick Foles has done and, and really the biggest thing for me is that it has recontextualized what happened last year. Like it, the Super Bowl last year now seems less insane to me. That's true. Than it than it does now that we've seen what yeah. Nick Foles has done over the past few weeks. Um, it it just sort of seems like awesome as opposed to impossible. Um, that's, that's the biggest difference is I now feel differently about Nick Foles' Super Bowl run than I, than I did then. At what point for you guys, and I mentioned it's 11 games now Nick has started and finished the last two years. At what point do you start thinking this is Nick Foles? Like, I think Carson Wentz is a different story. He, could, he was brilliant last year. He got hurt. He wasn't the same. I could foresee him being really good again. But Nick's harder to forecast. At what point do you start saying, like, what I'm watching is a really good quarterback. Well, let me throw this question at you. If Carson Wentz had played that game against the Bears with two first-half interceptions, one in the red zone, averaged, what, 6.7 yards per attempt, mm-hmm. but put together that drive at the end, what would the conversation around Carson Wentz's game be this week? Would it be that, wow, this guy just, you know, when it was time to put together a drive, he did it? Or would it be... Great win, but man, Wentz has to play a lot better than he did on Sunday. It wasn't for Trayvon Hester's fingertips. It's a good question. I think it's probably the latter. But I think people would be excited that he finally showed he could win, like had that clutch moment, because he hasn't had many of those. So that would check off a box with him. So I I look, I think I would say he's got to play better, but I would also give him credit for showing me that he could do that in the big spot. What is Nick Foles? Well, you know what's most interesting about the way Foles is playing now is that this is much different than even the guy we saw in the playoffs last year. And that's kind of what's thrown this, thrown a little wrinkle into this, for me at least. He's getting rid of the ball faster than he ever has before. 
His accuracy is through the roof. He's at, what, 72% uh, where he's never been above, you know, the low 60s for his career. And so he obviously has a command of this offense and knows where to go with the football and is comfortable with Doug Peterson and all those different things. So Bo and I did an exercise. We went around every, every team in the league and say, said, would you rather have the guy they have now or Nick Foles? And we had him. Like 15, 16. 15. So I think he's a, I think he's a starter in the NFL with some legitimate upside. And there is, you know, we, I've always described him as very high variance. We haven't seen bad Nick in a no. while, especially in a big spot. So I think there is reason to have the discussion of, has he just improved as a player at this point in his career? Is he more comfortable? And is he, you know, kind of the guy we're seeing right now? He's only 29. Like, it'll be 30 in a few weeks, I guess. But isn't that, I think people think of him as older because he's had a weird he, yeah. journeyman career. He's but had such an odd career. The same the draft class as yeah. Luck and Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles, Luck, and uh, who's the other one? Robert uh, Griffin. Robert Griffin. Rock Osweiler. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Like, they're all in the same class. They're all 29, 30. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I forgot. Before Russell Wilson. Wow. So you'd say that's I'm what... I'm just saying. I remember the class. So yeah. you're on the same page here, Bo? That's what he is? I, a... I am on the same page, yeah. We, we, we are lockstep there. I think he is uh, He's a good He's a starting quarterback. And he deserves to. He deserves to be a starting quarterback. I just think that uh, it's probably not here. And I think, and I, I actually do think that it is. It, it is a credit to the Eagles' locker room that this is not a divisive thing. Um, I think everybody sort of understands what's going on. And you, you know, uh, it goes to before the the Cody Parkey kick the other night. Uh, Jason Kelsey tr- walked over to Nick Nick Foles and said, "You know, if this is it, I just want you to know we've." Uh, I really appreciate you. Like, I love you, man. Uh, but, you know, this he, he understands that this could be it. Everybody understands that this is probably the last ride with Nick Foles. So before we – we'll take a couple calls on this. Before we do, though, Shil, you had said – both of you said that the door is kind of ajar. Like, maybe there's a chance if he, if he does something special here. So if you – like, Bo, you said 99-1, right? You kind of alluded to that number. Well, how much percentage is each of these wins worth now in the next couple of weeks? Does he get a boost of 25% if he I mean, beats if the he, Saints? I don't want to be over dramatic, but if he goes down and lights up the Saints, it's going to I mean I I think yeah. that is a is sort of not an opinion changing win, but I think that holds a lot of weight and then, you know, everyone if you get to the Super Bowl, definitely it's going to be a different conversation. That's a 30%er, I think. Yeah. NFC title game is 30% or this weekend? Winning winning the NFC championship game is worth 30%. 30. Oh, I baby. feel like okay. I feel like Sunday in New Orleans is the swing game for the city. Like it's just like it's going to be very hard for anyone to say bye Nick if they beat the Saints. No one beats the Saints in New Orleans. You might be right. They've never lost a home playoff game with Drew Brees. Well, it's also the way they're going to have to win that game. Like right. they're not winning that game 2017. So if they win that game, no 16-15 no, with yeah. a missed field goal at the end. I mean, he's going to have to I really think it's going to have to be sort of a Super Bowl ask, maybe not to that level, but maybe like 85, 90% to that level of, of what we saw when Doug Peterson said he didn't grade a player higher the entire season than he did Nick Foles in the Super Bowl last year. That's what Doug wrote in his book. Wow. One bad play, right? Which where he, uh, he called the wrong play yes. on a, on a third down and still converted. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I'll take a couple of phone calls here. 888-729-9494. Paul in Washington Township is on Birds with Friends Radio. Hey, Paul. Hey. Uh, good show, Joe. Thanks, Paul. What's up? Uh, and and Bo and Shield. You got to uh, give them credit, too. Pardon me? You got to give Bo and Shield some credit, too. I can't. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm 72 years old. I saw one, one Super Bowl in 72 years. For all those idiots that call themselves fans that want to run falls out of town, 
Be careful what you wish for. That's all I got to say. And there was another genius by the name of Mike Lombardi that said Doug Peterson was the dumbest coach and the dumbest hire that the NFL ever made. So we'll see what happens in January. I hope Nicky wins it all, gets to go somewhere else, and the Philly fans suffer with Wentz for the next 10 years. That's what I got to say. Listen, the guy's got takes. That was hot. I mean, he came in firing. Okay. The guy, listen, what do you listen, think? Listen, I appreciate pettiness. That 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 was fantastic. Uh, it was petty, and it was it was a take. I mean, regret it for ten years. Jeff is in Reading. What's up, Jeff? Hey guys, you know I just uh, I've been waiting here, but this whole Foles debate. Um, listen, you know you can look at all the statistics, and you mentioned ten and one. When you look at the teams that Wentz played in that ten and one stretch versus what Foles was up against in that 10 and one stretch. It's not even a comparison, first of all. But it's not even about statistics. This guy is, is – everybody, you know, they, they can both throw a ball well, and one has one quality and one has another. But it's all coming down to leadership. I believe when Nick Foles gets in that huddle, he brings a different level of leadership and ability to calm the field and execute. I don't know that, you know, that's something you can garner except through experience. And – Wentz, quite quite honestly, he should have been advocating at the beginning of this season for Nick Foles. If he won me a Super Bowl, I'd be right behind him. And I think that's probably the biggest variable in this discussion. Well, I, I, well, I don't Foles... know, Jeff, I don't know about the campaigning for the guy to take your job. Like, I, I, I can't sign <laughs> off on that. I will say, though, and Jeff, we appreciate it. There is something about Nick Foles that wasn't present, Shield, early in his career. I remember the second year with Chip, he backpedal every time there was pressure. Like, he's just... He's a calmer player. Forget the huddle stuff because that, I'm I sure that's, that's part true. of it too. But he's a calmer quarterback than he used to be. I mean, I it, it sort of sounds corny, but that I think the experience of playing with the Rams and then debating, do I just want to stop playing football yeah. forever? And then coming back, it, it definitely changed him. And I think at that time, early in his career in Philadelphia, I think he didn't take criticism uh, nearly as well. Uh, you know, I don't want to say rabbit ears, but certainly – Stuff on the outside seemed to seem to definitely get to him, which, you know, that's natural. If I was a young player in the NFL, that would happen to me also. And now, yeah, he just seems so calm. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins was asked today just about Foles' ability to block stuff out. And Jenkins is like, he does that better than anyone on the team. He does that a lot better than I do. Like, nothing gets to this guy. And we are seeing it in some clutch moments just the way he, he seems to continue to come through. I do think that we are forgetting how good Carson Wentz was last season. Uh, he was amazing, and the reason that they were the number one seed in the in the playoffs last year was because of how good Carson Wentz was. Not, uh, you know, Nick Foles got to take advantage of that. That was fantastic. But uh, we all we all knew that Carson Wentz was coming off of this injury this year, and that there was going to be a little bit of regression coming. I think the way he uh, played wasn't a surprise, all things considered. Carson no, Wentz. and he was still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I think he absolutely deserves uh, a chance to to prove what he can do when he's healthy. Uh, the Nick Foles thing does it does it make you uh, think back to how even worse that uh, Nick Foles for Sam Bradford trade was by by Chip mm, Kelly? Good point. They had to give a pick. Second I remember I was Foles working for the team. Pick. I was working for the team, and I remember getting called in and being told of what the trade was. And I and I said to my superior, "That's wrong. The, the picks must be going the other way." <laughs> we all thought the same thing. And she said, "No, no, that's right." And I was I was flabbergasted. It was a ridiculous trade then, and it, like Sam Bradford's not even a player anymore. Like literally, he's not playing anymore. 
and now Nick Foles is doing this. 888-729-9494. We'll come back. We'll look ahead to the games coming up uh, this weekend, along with your phone calls as well. And, Shield, tell everyone how they could subscribe here to The Athletic. Yeah, go check out theathletic.com slash WIP. You can get a seven-day free trial and 30% off. We will both be in New Orleans. We were both in Chicago. We've got these games covered. We've got some good features for you on the site. Give the site a little spin, theathletic.com slash WIP. So that's coming up, and we're going to rank the possible outcomes here for the Eagles, which ones will be the best and the most painful moving forward in the postseason. This is Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back, Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio joined by Bo Wolf and Shiel Kapadia of The Athletic. We're going to rank the possible outcomes here for the Eagles the rest of the way in terms of the pain level that would be there or the joy level. But I want to throw this hypothetical at you guys. So you guys just mentioned you went through the list of teams and like who would want Foles over their quarterback. And you kind of determined that he's probably a top half of the league quarterback, close to that, top 15, 16. What is more likely to you guys? The Eagles found their way to two of the top 16 quarterbacks in the entire world. Or more of this is about Doug Peterson than we ever talk about. That's a good framing device. I like that. I would say... I mean, I think it's it's more likely that that Doug, we're not giving Doug Peterson enough credit. I think there's, I mean, that's certainly that's my whole brand. That's so. more likely. I like that. <laughs> I just wonder, like, I wonder as the Eagles think about their future, paying Carson, trading one of these guys, like how they frame all this. Like, they might just have a quarterback whisper here. That not that they could take any bum off the street and make him a quarterback, but if they have a guy with requisite skills for the offense, like, they should start Sutfeld on Sunday. Let's that's what test I'm saying. Like, that's basically the take I have. Here. Yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like Doug's really good, and I think it could help them build a team because maybe they don't need to think about quarterbacks like everyone else does. Well, I, I think his resume as a quarterback whispers. I mean, the guy won just won a Super Bowl last year right. with a backup quarterback, underdog in every game, just won a playoff game, backup quarterback, underdog on the road. I mean, I don't know what else he has to prove in that respect. Is it going to be perfect all the time? No. Is it just going to be this linear, you know, just going to go straight up and Wentz is going to get better and better and better every year and he's going to turn into one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the NFL? I mean, I I don't know that, but yeah, I I think his resume is firmly established and let's say they were to trade Nick Foles to, I don't know, the Raiders or let's say they're, you know, a team like that signs him. Are you confident he's going to look like the same guy he is here? I mean, it matters every quarterback with every situation. There are some guys who can sort of transcend the coaching, but even Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, that obviously was not a good relationship, yeah. and that team doesn't even make the playoffs this year, and you're talking about one of the most talented quarterbacks in, in NFL history. I actually take that, though, as as a, a reason to keep Carson Wentz because we, you know, I don't think, we don't think Nick Foles can get better than this, right? This is about as, as good as he can be. Yeah, maybe he could hold this level. And so Doug has, you know, if it is Doug, Doug has elevated him to this level of a top 15 or so quarterback, whereas we have seen that Doug can elevate Carson to a top two or three level. We have seen that height from him last season, and that is that is more valuable. Yeah, maybe the more talent he has, the higher level he can get the guy to. That's an interesting point. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the possibilities here, guys. So there are... What do we have? Four p- possible scenarios left. Yeah, I guess unless you want to unless you want to go through the the AFC options, or in terms of who they play. It, the yeah. So I mean, obviously, aside from winning the Super Bowl, that's the best, right? Right. What's, that's number one. What's the uh, What's the least painful outcome? Is it Is it losing this week to the Saints? Is it losing in the NFC Championship game to the Rams? It's certainly not losing in the NFC Championship game to the Cowboys. 
and then you've got your uh, your Super Bowl options, which are all very fun. I mean, three of the four options are a rematch with the Patriots, a matchup against Andy Reid, or a matchup with Frank Reich. Well, define painful. Are these, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Eagles fan, and these, this is what I want to happen? Or is it just, I mean, in pain, obviously, I, I feel like there are, or are we doing pain rankings? There's nothing more painful than the Eagles losing the NFC title game in Dallas I think and the, sending Dak Prescott to the Super Bowl. That's the most that, painful. And Jerry Jones. I will also say a Nick Foles-led victory, or a Nick Foles-Dak Prescott NFC title game is probably the like the ultra Carson Wentz fan, like Jack, worst nightmare. Because it either puts Dak, <laughs> yeah, like gives him more right. ammo over Wentz, right. even though I think Wentz is the better quarterback. But obviously they're, they're next to each other in terms of their three-year career. Or it puts Foles back in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the most painful. That is Jack's worst nightmare. I, th- I think we're already living Jack's worst nightmare. <laughs> I think but... we are, too. Yeah. Jack nods along. <laughs> um, the next most painful, probably a Super Bowl appearance and loss. Loss to the Patriots, perhaps? You think I that's worse? Or a lo- how about a, lo- what about a loss to the Rams? The a loss to the Rams in the title I think game? A, I think a loss to the Rams might be worse. Because you're so close. Yeah, and you're I... so close. That's a good point. You've already, you beat them twice. I think that would be more painful because think about it. You will have you get to the beat Super Bowl. the Saints. You've yeah. gone to New Orleans. Yeah. If they go to New Orleans and win, everybody's booking trips to Atlanta. In I already city. said earlier tonight. It's over. The winner of the yeah. Eagles Saints game is going to the Super Bowl. Mm. So I'll, I'm ready doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there's another game that to win. That would be a big, that would be a big letdown. You. Yeah. That's got to be that, that's second worst, I think. Yeah. I think a few years ago I would have said a loss to Andy Reid in the Super Bowl would hurt Eagles fans. But now fans. that they have the Super Bowl. Yeah, this town has. Look. No one will want to lose to Andy Reid in a Super Bowl, but it's not the same sting as if they didn't win it last no. year. I think we can say that now. If that were to happen, ooh, yeah, ooh, I don't know. I think that would be pretty painful for people. What's the least painful thing? A loss to the Chargers in the Super Bowl? And, and Probably. Andy yeah. like puts together this masterful two-minute drill where he's just got like timeouts coming out of his ears, and you know they're they're all moving. Patrick Mahomes is just moving as fast as could be. He finds a fourth timeout somewhere. <laughs> He's allowed to use it. Perfect time run, management. Yeah. It's Doug's, it's Doug's uh, uh, fealty to him from uh, putting him in this position. That's right. Yeah. So he the, he the, gives him one of his timeouts. So we all agree the most painful thing is the Cowboys NFC title game loss? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think least painful is Chargers because what are you going to hear from the six Chargers fans the rest of your life? Yeah, no one will talk. No one cares about yeah. that. No, that's not the painful. one thing that we didn't mention is a loss this week. But it would feel like I feel like everyone's kind of worked themselves into this. It's happening again. The whole thing could end with a thud on Sunday. It could, and it's, it could be ugly. Sure, sure, it could. Saints are tremendous. Te- I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I might go Chiefs, but they're right but, there. Yeah, best team in the NFC all year. Yes. It could end with a thud on Sunday. I don't think anyone's really thought about that. There's no finality to the way anyone's talked about this game, even though it's the six seed versus the one seed. No one's expecting that. I mean, I feel like everyone's expecting them to be competitive or or win this game in the city. And and the hysteria has reached crazy levels, and it's all changed because of what happened last year. You know, if if you didn't have that run, it would probably be a very different mentality. I think. And what's what's tough for the Eagles is that Sean Payton is going to have the the stats working in his favor because. Carson Wentz is not going to throw for between uh, 350 and 275 yards in this game. Well, that's true. This time, see, Sean Payton's got to figure it out now. And, and he's Sidney gonna, Jones isn't going to play. They're going to be running at Sidney Jones on the sideline. 
They're going to have their Mark Ingram's going to run out of bounds just directly at Sidney Jones. Going to look play. at Sean Payne and be like, listen, I did what you said. I don't understand why that didn't I, count. I still got last last time's game plan. All right, before we end Birds with Friends this week, guys, let's. I want your thoughts on the other games. Um, the Eagles will either play if they play next week. There's there will be one of four teams left. What's your uh, What's your feeling on what else is happening? Especially, let's start with Frank Reich and the Colts. who won ten out of eleven. They look a million times different than they did in week three, was it? Yeah, week three when they played here. They really dominated that game last week. A lot of people think they're going to beat the Chiefs and Andy. I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl when the postseason started. We both did. I got to say, I'm a little nervous for Andy. I'm very in nervous. This game. Andy always finds this. That Colts team him. is really good, man. Yeah. And like weighted DVOA, they're they're fourth or third overall. Mm-hmm. They're, they've been playing really, really well. And you look at sort of in-game management, which is still Andy's Achilles heel, and then you look at Frank Reich, who's just crushing it with his that, fourth downs. And, you know, I think he said grizzled this beard. Oof. Yeah, I think they asked him this week, like, are you going to try to string together long drives and keep their offense off the field? And he's like, no, we're, we're going in there to score points. You know, we're trying Frank to score gets 30. It. And that defense is bad, so the Chiefs defense, that is. Now, I will say Andy coming off the bye is still a thing. So, yeah, you know, he is at at home. He hasn't played a playoff game. This is his first playoff game. So he's typically been very good in this situation, and the sort of issues don't creep up until later. But uh, that's going to be a good one. That is definitely, and you know, this is saying something because that Rams-Cowboys is interesting, but the Colts-Chiefs game is the game I'm most excited to watch other than the, the Eagles game. I'm excited for that one. Though I will say right now, I think Dallas has a chance on Saturday night. I think they've got a very good chance. Uh, you know, Sean McVay, the the offensive genius, self-proclaimed. Hey, he has never won a playoff game. He has we not. Don't know. We don't know what he could do in this game. They, you know, they have not been playing well at the end of the season. Gurley's coming off that injury. The Cowboys' defense is a very good matchup for that uh, for that Rams' offense. And it's not like what like we saw. There's not a big home field advantage there at the Coliseum. So it could be all Cowboys fans. It could be. So that's that's going to be an interesting game. I still, you know, it's going to be tough for me to to back uh, Dak Prescott winning a second game in a row. But. Well, the, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of speed on defense to go up against that Rams offense, and we saw it when the Eagles played there. I mean, Jared Goff is capable of putting together a clunker if he's getting pressure in, and Demarcus Lawrence, and they've got some Randy Gregory, they've got some pass rushers uh, on the Cowboys where. Uh, I think they can definitely compete defensively. Will they be able to score enough? Will they be able to string together these long drives? That That's the question to me. But, yeah, I think that is a competitive game as well. And the last one, Sunday at 1 o'clock, the team that no one seems to root for, the team that no, doesn't have a home, they might. The, I Patriots like, we're talking about? The <laughs> Patriots and Chargers. Oh. Well, yeah, the Chargers. No one, no one wants to go to Foxborough, that's for sure. I'll tell you, though, the Chargers, Terrible traffic. they don't have – like they just feel like the kind of team that doesn't care where they play. They won in Seattle. They I think won they'd in, rather play on the road. I think they would too. I think they could play with the Patriots. I think they could beat the Patriots. Yeah, I mean this Patriots team is is not very good uh, for the millionth year in a row. They've beat up on a on a terrible division, and uh, I think I think the Chargers are a good matchup for them. I'm excited to watch that game too. I think they've got a real fighting chance. How drunk do you think Bill Belichick <laughs> is getting tonight, thinking about Adam Gase staying in his division? Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, it's the it's I mean like, even though yeah, the Dolphins gift that keeps on giving. Too. Yeah, like. Yeah. I think the char- I actually think the Chargers I don't have my official pick but I'm leaning towards Chargers winning that game. This is not a great Patriots team. The Chargers don't care about going on the road. I feel like Philip Rivers is going to be able to pick them apart. So the road teams did well last week. We'll end with this. No road team no no team that played on wild card weekend has gone to the Super Bowl since the 2012 season, I believe. Okay. I think that's going to change this year. I think all four Ooh. road teams this week have real chances to win. It's not gonna, not all four won't win, but all four can win, and I think someone that played last weekend is going to the Super Bowl. I like that. I like that mm. prediction out of you. 
Time nope. to change the. It's time to upset the apple cart a little bit here. It feels like that kind of year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that yeah, there they has all been, have a legit chance. It's there, very clumped together. Yeah, there has been there has been no dominant team this year that that deserves to uh, to cakewalk into the Super Bowl. I think that's right. It, it it feels like the kind of year where we get a surprise. Where something crazy happens, like Nick Foles going to two straight Super Bowls. Not so crazy anymore. And it isn't. All right, guys, we'll do this again next week. Either well, we'll either be previewing the NFC Championship game. We're calling this season a wrap. Guys, I appreciate you coming in, even though you were incredibly late by six seconds. Mm -hmm. Bo, tell everyone before you go how you can sign up for The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash WIP. 30% off, which works out to about $3 a month, something like that. Uh, You also get a free week trial to test things out. Uh, After the game the other night, we had uh, a full roundup of exactly what went into everything in the Eagles game-winning drive. Shield did a great job there, and then... A, uh, a look at exactly what was going through everybody's mind as Cody Parkey lined up for that kick and Trayvon Hester got his fingertip on it. Great stuff. This has been Birds with Friends Radio. We'll come back all your phone calls and a little hot stove check-in on the evening show. Sports Radio 94 WIP.